0: Welcome to the Open House Podcast with James Tatum and Tyree Harris. What's up, Tyree? I'm good. How you doing, James? It's been a minute. Yeah, the last one had been a minute too. So we're getting back in, uh, getting back in action very slowly. I don't know if that's considered getting back in action. So (laughs) we'll see what happens. It's moving. This one's going up. So I hope you guys listen to it and enjoy.
1: So what our last one was before nationals. So we had uh George and Alyssa and Harley. So I watched, but you were actually there. So I'll let you go ahead and start with them.
0: Yeah. So, uh, nationals was out in Colorado Springs. Uh, they had the whole nationals week thing. Uh, I do not actually coach this person, but, uh, we also had a guy named Soren, um, I just do competition coaching and he shows up on Mondays to train with George. Um, but he's doing, uh, he's doing a different program. Um, I think he's doing his own. Um, I'm trying to convince him. I'm leaving not so subtle hints about, (laughs) uh, about changes that he needs to make. Uh, but we'll see, we'll see how it comes along. And, uh, but, uh, so I also coach Soren and, uh, I coached Alyssa and George, and then I was just doing competition coaching for Harley and now Harley just switched back over to the team. So he's doing, uh, he's full house of weightlifting now again.
1: Oh man. What, it's been three years? Yeah, it was right when COVID. Yep. Yep.
0: March of. Welcome back, Harley. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an easy uh, landmark to remember. Mm-hmm.
1: When you COVID. said the the thing about Soren, it made me think about when I first got to House of Weightlifting because I was on Jackie's programming still, um, and I had a meet coming up. It was it was a meet and carry, so I was going to do that and then states, and then my plan was to switch over. I was going to do those meets and. I am well aware this is not Jackie. It was not her fault. I was the problem for sure because I couldn't hit any of my percentages that she would write down. And I wasn't telling her because I didn't think it was a problem. I was like, oh, that's fine. And then every time she would see me, I would go there. And then I would ball out because I would go to MASH and have the day of my life every time. So she never got to see me lift bad.
0: Yeah, but, because of the environment. Right. Yeah. I would go there
1: and I just I wasn't going to miss a thing. I was going to hit a p. I I really do think I hit a PR every single time I went. So that's all she would ever see. And then I'd come to you and couldn't snatch 70%. And I would see your face like, man, there are things that need to change. And it wasn't Jackie's fault. She could, she never saw it. So I started asking ask you, like, hey, what are you thinking? You're like, oh. I'd come in and you ask what I had. I'd tell you just, hmm, okay.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's the problem with remote coaching uh, is that uh, sometimes you just don't know. And sometimes you wouldn't even think. That's a problem. So let's just go ahead and make that clear. Um, if you're missing a bunch of lifts in training, but you're still hitting your top percentages, but it's taking you like six sets to do two sets of, you know that uh, that's something that your coach should know, and that is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, to There's give somewhere. a reference point, uh, Tatiana Krishna did not miss reps in training. Yeah, you might miss like one or two reps. In training, I still take the, stick to the three misses,
1: and I was I would even do that back then. I would miss three times. I'm like, oh, well, that's it. I might have only hit two of the ten sets that were listed, but I missed three times. Hey, we're good, guys. We we weren't going to make them all today anyway. That's that's fine, and that should also tell you how new I was to think that was okay.
0: Yeah, and don't get me wrong. There are times when you need to like push those effort based cycles where. You're gonna to have to push through some of those misses. But uh the majority of the time, especially if it's like a light percentage day, and if you're missing, you know, that's a that's a problem. Let mm-hmm. your coach know. Um yeah, so that uh, that was an interesting uh thing with that. It's, I was uh, such that's a, a problem.
1: I was such a problem and didn't even realize it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well that was like the uh one of the measures of success that we were using for you. Um, you know, your PRs weren't, weren't really going up for a while and we were like, well, you're missing less the number of high percentage lifts you're hitting more often. Um, those are all kind of big indicators of progress. And then eventually they lead to hitting a big PR having your body prepared to hit that big PR for when it's time. Yeah. Before I remember, there was a while
1: years ago, I remember we were counting how many times I made 100 kilos, which was even at that time, it was like 83% or something. It wasn't a high percentage, but I just was so inconsistent that I remember I didn't miss a hundred kilos for, it was like over two months, which makes sense, but that was just not normal for me. And I so I remember doing that and counting how many times I made a hundred and then I would pay attention to how many times I would snatch one ten. And then it became how many times I snatched one fifteen in a month. Then it switched to seventeen. And then it was just the other day I was counting how many times I went over one fifteen since I've been at uh been in Greenville. So a month as of yesterday.
0: So I, I did that the other day and started counting those. Yeah, that's a good way to to measure progress. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, you're in Greenville now, Greenville, South Carolina. Got a strength yep. and conditioning job. Yep, got a job what? at North Greenville University. North Greenville University, all right. So back
1: in a normal state, West Virginia was different. But now it, it's just the little things like even my, my apartment now. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a little more normal. West Virginia was interesting because it was just so different that it's just things that you don't even think about. You're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought about that. Oh, yeah, I guess there aren't sidewalks and streetlights everywhere. Like It's just the little things that weren't bad. It was just different. You're like, oh, all right.
0: Yeah, I guess the whole town was designed a certain way before they really had popular sidewalks, and, and there's just no room for them. Yeah, it was just different. So, Greenville's nice.
1: Everything, everything in Greenville's nice and different. You're closer to house weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an hour and a half, two hours compared to <laughs> six and a half. So yeah. much
0: closer. Good stuff. Yeah. So what uh, what are you coaching? So
1: strength and conditioning coach at North Greenville, um, the main team is going to be baseball that's going to be the main team that I have to think about. Over the summer, the only team that's really here is football, and they're going to be the first ones to come back on what the August 6th. So I'm assisting with football, and then there's going to be baseball, women's basketball, and then uh, volleyball and lacrosse. So those teams will be coming in later, but all I've really seen so far is
0: just football. Nice. Yeah. I've heard volleyball players are pretty fun to work with, with uh, the whole, uh, explosiveness.
1: I mean, even the high school volleyball players that, that was my favorite team when I was at the high school in West Virginia, the volleyball girls.
0: Yeah. I don't think a lot of volleyball players really make the transition into weightlifting because they tend to be a little bit more long limbed, which is, uh, not ideal for, you know, snatching clean mm-hmm. and jerk. But uh, they are definitely explosive and reactive athletes, which are kind of fun to work with. The one that I do hope switches to weightlifting when she's done with volleyball. And she's
1: so good that I wouldn't have said it because she's really good at volleyball. But Caroline, if you ever listen to this, come to weightlifting when you're done with volleyball. Because she is also built to be a weightlifter. Because she's still shorter than me. So just barely by a hair, but that's she is built to be a weightlifter
0: yeah I guess there are some positions in volleyball where you can be shorter um, yeah. I don't remember all the positions you know I, I grew up on a beach called volleyball beach really yeah down uh, when I was living down on a boat in the Bahamas uh, the island that we stayed at um, it was called a volleyball beach and it was there was nobody that lived on the island uh, well there's a few people like a house here or there and it was a I think the, the island was a couple of miles long and there might've been like three houses on the whole island. Uh, but there was just volleyball nets set up beach volleyball mm. and the boaters would just go and play volleyball and it was called volleyball yeah. beach. That makes sense. It's a good sport. So I grew up playing volleyball. Maybe that's where some of that explosiveness comes from.
1: That was for sure a sport that I didn't watch growing up, but being at the school and seeing them, Going to their games was fun. Watching watching the volleyball games. Cause then you know honestly, once you know the people, whatever sport it is, you don't mind watching. So then I then I liked going to the volleyball games there.
0: Yeah. I always did watch volleyball, like uh, the Olympics, and that was one of the sports that I wouldn't normally watch. Um a
1: few other ones I wouldn't watch, but curling is still a great A sport. Like, I don't care what happens when the Olympics come around. I'm watching curling.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good now because of all the memes. Um, (laughs) Speaking of uh, Olympics and making it worthwhile to watch, the IWF just made some rule changes. uh, And they're talking about making more rule changes after the 2024 Olympics. That's going to make it a little bit more viewer friendly. Uh, They said something about the. So I read this thing from inside the games. And uh, man, that article was long from inside the games. And it was just a lot. It was hard to get through. They could have just made like like 10 bullet points and just gave the information. But there was lots of quotes. And it was probably like a four-page uh, essay on this topic. Um, but what, uh, what were all the changes? Well, the ones that they're thinking of changing are taking out the press out rule and changing some things with the scoreboard to make it more uh, uh, viewer-friendly because the scoreboard is terrible. If you don't know how
1: to read it, yeah.
0: Well, it goes back and forth between country and athlete, but it only uses like three letters. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know all of the country. um, I don't even know what that's called, like the Uh, abbreviation lettering system. Yeah.
1: I'll say I learned a lot of them from weightlifting. Like that's yeah. a lot of them I learned from weightlifting.
0: But then occasionally it'll switch to the initials, like the first three letters of the athlete's last name. Um, and that makes it super confusing because then you see something like, um, let's just say it's uh, Tatum, T-A-T. I'm like, what country is that? Yeah. But it's the person's last name. Mm-hmm. So it's it's super confusing, uh, confusing. Um, but then the rules that they did change already, they said, uh, you have to weigh in in a singlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no more weighing in naked. I, I always weighed in that naked. one.
1: Yeah. I did my last two mates.
0: Yeah. That's I'm, sh- I'm,
1: I'm shocked that that's something to rules for the adults, for the kids. They've always, if you're under 18, you've always had, well, I don't want to say always.
0: They've mm. had to wear
1: singlets for as long as I can remember.
0: Yeah. That's a fairly new thing. As far as like, I think it started in like 2014. Um, didn't used to be a thing. Uh, well, weightlifting used to be super relaxed. Used to like you walk in a room. Hey, how much you weigh? Okay, good. <laughs> going out <in> <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, yeah. So the uh, the weird thing is, is if you don't make weight and you're two hundred fifty grams. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Point, point two five over. Yep. They'll you give get it to a two point two five allowance, um, but nobody else gets that point two five allowance which right that's well, weird
1: also uh, which when i read that my first thought was what you just did but since we're not doing sinclair score anymore it doesn't really matter cuz that was my first i'm like well if they're under it's roby now
0: yeah but you still get best male lifter but ah. it's not going to change your placement mm. um but i i don't know if that 0.25 is going to make i don't know how much of a significant difference that's going to be
1: I mean, well, um, when you think about the 2016 Olympics, the 85 kilo class, you had three guys hit the exact same clean and jerk tie because they went off of body weight. So like that 0.25 would matter back then, but now I don't, it's not going to back then. That would have been a big difference if they said this back in 2015, that would change yeah. the game.
0: But I guess for, for the most part, you're just splitting hairs. Yeah. Uh, Literally just make weight. <laughs> um, but you have to wear a singlet now, uh, the other rules are they t- changed some stuff with masters because the international masters federation changed. Um, and along with that international masters federation, um, USA masters became a separate separate organization. Um, and for some reason, USA weightlifting is still trying to host their own masters nationals. Yeah. Which is just confusing. I don't, and right. Because now they on can't on. even,
1: they can't do, now they, Masters can't qualify at like the Arnold, right? They have to do mastered sanctioned meets to qualify for like Masters, Worlds, and Pan Ams, I believe. Was that yeah, one of the for, changes?
0: Yeah, you have to do, to qualify for an international Masters meet, you have to do it at Masters Nationals or the, what, what's that? other one called uh the cohen open or something howard cohen open i don't know what that one is um howard cohen is one of the guys that started um masters weightlifting and he's kind of on the lead of this whole new separate masters weightlifting federation um you know in my mind why would you go to usa weightlifting because masters weightlifting federation is cheaper it's like thirty five bucks for a year.
1: Oh, I didn't realize it was yeah. that
0: cheap. Yeah, what it sh- what it should cost is thirty five bucks a year. Uh, I hope you listen to that USA Weightlifting. Your memberships and your event fees are getting ridiculous, um, and uh, that's how you qualify to go to international meets. And you know, masters international meets are a little different. Um, I think you can send more of a team as long as you hit the qualifying total and you know, you get a chance to go travel and it's worth it. So I don't know. I I don't know all the ins and outs, but, uh, it seems kind of dumb that, uh, USAW dropped the ball there. It seemed like a, it seemed like they had some issues with a money grab or something. Right. It didn't need to be that complicated, but
1: USAW, uh, they'll fuck some shit up if you let them. And that's what they did again. Like that's, i don't I don't know why it was so complicated
0: I, I don't know. well i I think the main thing was is that u s a weightlifting wanted to use all the money from masters members to go to senior youth and junior international meets and and, and they, didn't they didn't masters fund- Anything for masters? Don't they, just, they, they charge oh, them sixty four thousand? Right, like don't because th- the master said
1: something about USAW. It was like sixty four or eighty thousand that they're expected to get from USAW, and I don't know how they're going to get that.
0: I I think that's just like a asking for more than what you think you're going to get, so that when you actually settle, <laughs> that that's what that tactic seems. Because I think there's a few lawyers on that new. uh Masters Weightlifting Federation Council. Mm, Um, That's smart. They're they're, they're a little bit smarter. There's USAW people uh, working there. They're not...
1: uh, Hey, old people are smart. Like, that's... And
0: and they've been in weightlifting for a lot longer. Yeah. Everybody at USA Weightlifting. They've been around and they're old and mad. Like, uh, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, let's see... Well, let me let me see if I can. Well, I'm not going to go look up the names of the people. Uh, we'll just do the head person, um, Howard Cohen. He's been in weightlifting longer than everybody at USA. I was weightlifting. Saying, yeah, because everybody at the USA weightlifting. The CEO is brand new. Um, well, didn't they do that all
1: on purpose? They wanted new blood.
0: Yeah, I talked to him for maybe about uh, 30 seconds, so I didn't get a chance to really meet him at nationals. I'd like to go talk to him, but uh, I haven't really had a chance to get to know him at all yet. But then there's, um, yeah, all the other people that were working at nationals were all people that were not weightlifters. And I think uh, we were talking to a few of them and they were like, oh yeah, I just go where they I go to whatever federation pays the most.
1: That's I was gonna say. Like I, they're looking at it from like a just a purely business thing,
0: sport and management business. Yeah, yeah. But you got people that are diehard weightlifters that are smarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it seems pretty ridiculous to me. I would, uh, I, I'm definitely right when it came out. I was still leaning towards the new masters weightlifting federation. It just makes so much more sense for masters weightlifters. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's go back to nationals, USA weightlifting nationals week. Uh, so Soren competed. He went out there and hit a pretty good snatch. I think it was a PR snatch of 94. Um,
1: and then didn't he go for a 98, which would have been a, yeah, he did PR. He hit 94 and then I believe he went for 97 or 98
0: yeah i think it was 97 and he he missed but then he uh they went out on clean and jerk at 108 and he got called for press out twice and then he missed the third jerk um so hopefully they do get rid of that press out rule um but i am for the press out rule i think i'm the only
1: person i know that likes the
0: press out rule all right we're gonna have to come back to that (laughs) uh then uh so, uh, he was in U25, so he was the first one to compete. Um, so he had a bad meet and he's gonna make some changes and <clears throat> come back and do better next time. Uh, then the next one to lift was Alyssa in, mm, I don't remember what session it was 71B session, maybe? I believe B. Um, and she ended up only going two for six. Uh, but, uh, training leading up to that had some, some little, uh, issues here and there. So she didn't have the best meat, but she went out there and she, uh, she came in clutch and made a total. Um,
1: I'll say I told, and I knew right when it happened, she had the greatest fir- first meet experience ever. Like she went six for six with a PR uh, so I remember when she did that, I looked at Trung and I'm like, man, this is going to be hard to top. So going into any meet, like her bar was already set so high. Not, I mean, we know you're going to have good meets and bad meets, but I'm sure for her going into any meet after that one is even more stressful because it's like a, she's never missed a lift.
0: She literally never missed. Yeah, that's a good point. That uh, It's all about perspective. Um- so, the seventy one C session had somebody that lifted uh, really well, and like the seventy ones were super competitive. Um, but the next weight class up was people in the A session were lifting less than the people in the C session. Um, so, like, uh, Alyssa would have been like top ten in the next weight class up, uh, and like she would have placed higher in the weight class down as well. I've talked to people Uh, about that, about like people will not
1: that that was the case for this one, but people intentionally dodge weight classes because sometimes those heavier weight classes are just
0: easier. Well, yeah, it it comes down to like the, the Olympic classes too. Um, But then that one was definitely, there was a lot of depth in that one. Um, So her placement didn't really do that do justice to to how well she did. Um, but it was her first nationals. So that was good for her to just get out there and see what uh, the national stage is like. She learned some stuff. Um, so I, I still call it a success. Uh, mm-hmm. Then, yeah. uh, then George went out. Uh, George was in the 81s and that was a pretty, uh, pretty stacked session too. Uh, he ended up coming out with a uh, bronze medal in the clean and jerk. Um, and oh man, what did he snatch? 22, I believe. Yeah, I think that was it. So he, he only went to two for six as well, or three for six. He made two jerks, but still not a great day.
1: Uh, um, he made that. Oh, no, it was the last one. He made the last one. It was clutch. He needed that last clean and jerk for the metal, and he did it.
0: Oh, well, he needed that one to total, too.
1: Right. That's like he because, yeah, he hadn't, he hadn't hit anything. He needed that last one, and it came through clutch.
0: Good job. Jordan. Yeah. It was one of those sessions where it was like, all right, here, you hit your first attempt, and now we're going to wait for 25 minutes because everyone is doing right the there. same weight. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, it was, um, it was nice and stressful to coach. Wow! Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, there was a lot of missed reps too. A lot of bomb mm-hmm. outs, uh, right. that elevation I'm sure had a factor to it. Um, but, uh, George overcame and made the lift when other people didn't and got a medal to show for it. So that was his first national medal. So that's pretty cool. Uh, I think that might be the first national medal of somebody that I've coached. I didn't think about that until just now. Because I've had American Open medals. I've had uh, like Mm. series medals, but I don't think I've had a nationals medal. I'm trying to. Look
1: at George giving you all your firsts.
0: There you go, George. Yep. So uh, that's pretty cool.
1: Um, I remember I asked you something years ago and you said no. It was me and Alex and you said no. And now that George is here, you're probably happy you said no. Because I said, if you have one of us that qualifies for worlds, will you get a big house of weightlifting tattoo on your back? And you said no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, man, you're glad you said no to that because George is pushing for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, don't want to. I mean, I think the House of Wailiting logo is pretty cool, but uh, I don't know if it's tattoo worthy.
1: Uh, I've seen some bad tattoos, so, you know, it's it could be worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, that uh, I think the whole like circle is very hard to do.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so even with a good tattoo artist, I feel like it'd be a risk depending on where you get it and lettering like squared off strict lettering like that. It'd be fun. We would all come to watch. All right, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you the
1: team would chip in and pay for this.
0: Yeah. One of these days I'll, I'll uh, continue my tattoo adventure. Uh, so the guy that, uh, he used to own house of weightlifting with me, Larue. Uh, when we had the brick and mortar, he uh, after he got done with weightlifting, he didn't have a tattoo at all when he was doing weightlifting, and uh, now he's done with the weightlifting, covered. And he's doing bodybuilding, and he's got like he's got full sleeves, full arms, body. legs, back. Yeah, I mean, he's not a hundred percent covered, but he's probably. He's probably 60 to 70% covered. Uh, Yeah, he's got some cool tattoos. So when I decide to uh, continue on with my tattoos, he knows all the good uh, Mm -hmm. tattoo artists. So I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, But we'll see. It's not going to be a House of Weightlifting logo, though.
1: I'm going to keep pushing for that. We'll see. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it'll be part of another one. Yeah. I I could I could see that happening. Um then uh then I started coaching Harley at Nationals. And Harley had a pretty stacked group. Uh and he said his training wasn't great leading up to that. He was always dealing with a few tweaks here and there that were interfering with uh his ability to train. But he uh he ended up doing pretty good. Um I made one coaching mistake. You know what I got caught on? What? I made the mistake the declaration too early. No, no, that was all good. Uh you know I'm stealing people's clocks. That's I, I, was- I, I I'm not messing that up. People <laughs> uh people should know by now. Uh but uh I made the mistake of somebody in the B session hitting. It was one. They hit a one eighty six clean and jerk, and somebody in the B session got a uh, a bronze medal in the clean and jerk. And instead of taking Harley to one eighty seven, mm. I took him to one eighty nine. Right. Um, you, you weren't trying to kilo the guy because you didn't even see it. Yeah, uh, because I didn't even look at it. Um, but who knows? That was on his third attempt uh that would have been just one one change. Yeah, uh, sometimes 2 kilos makes a difference. Yeah. So if we change that, uh he could have came home with a uh, uh might have or what could have been is not real so. I'm not even going to go there. Who knows? Uh man. but that's a reminder to me about making little uh checking the B session, making sure Mm -hmm. you're uh, seeing what those B session lifters left. Mm -hmm. Um, but overall he ended up getting fifth in the total, which is, uh, which is pretty good. He clean and jerked more than he clean and jerked at, uh, the, um, the last meet that I coached him at, which was the Arnold. I think it was the Arnold. Yeah, it was the Arnold where Mm -hmm. he won. Yeah. Um, uh but he didn't snatch as much. he didn't have as good as a snatch day on nationals um so he uh I think overall that was pretty good meet for him mm-hmm. coming in from a uh a not so good training block and uh then after that he decided to uh come join and house a Weightlifting again so that's uh that's pretty much the nationals recap that's nice. I brought uh I brought my whole family, my uh wife and kids, and we did a whole bunch of sightseeing in Colorado Springs, which is pretty cool. I've never actually been to Colorado Springs. Uh lots of homeless people.
1: Hmm. In Colorado Springs? Yeah. That's, that's not a place I'd want to be homeless in. Honestly, anywhere yeah. really cold. I
0: like I wouldn't. Ugh, yeah, that'd be pretty miserable. Being yeah. Really cold. Yeah. So we went to the playground. And there was like a playground and there was like a splash pad. And it was kind of like in the middle, pretty close to the weightlifting venue. And uh, some kids in there were kind of weird. People were acting weird, these kids. And they were probably like 12-year-old kids. And they were talking about how many six-year-olds that they could take. Like if a bunch band of six-year-olds came up and attacked him, how many they could take. <laughs> and uh, my kids are six and eight, so I'm like, ah, oh, let's get out of here. Oh,
1: man, that's wild. then I wild. see them,
0: this group of people listening to music, and they're all like run down and wearing like some busted up <laughs> clothes. And it didn't hit me until like, oh, those people are homeless. And I'm pretty sure these are their kids. Uh... And then- Then the, the, the thing that put it over the edge was the splash pad turned on and this lady goes over and starts taking a shower in the splash pad and is like gets out soap and it starts washing her clothes on the splash pad. And I'm like, all right, yep, let's get out of here. That's, that's interesting.
1: That's, I wouldn't have thought, I guess cold States, like same thing. Like you have homeless, that, that's just rough. I would not want to be in a cold state.
0: Yeah, a lot of people uh, smoking weed, as to be expected. Mm. Uh, yep. And yeah, the other stuff was cool, though. Lots of hiking trails. Uh, we saw some coyotes right out the back of, off the back porch. Um, there was like a a popular uh, hiking trail right behind our airbnb B&B. And a bunch of people walk their dogs <clears> in there. <throat> and it's up the hill. And then all of a sudden I hear all this noise. And then this guy starts throwing rocks and these rocks are tumbling down towards our Airbnb. And then a coyote runs right over there next to our driveway where I'm sitting on this back porch, just enjoying the 70 degree weather and mm-hmm. reading a book. And I'm like, all right, it's time to go inside. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Speaking of yeah, Airbnb, the- we need to take another one of those trips like we did in, uh, nineteen. When we had what eleven people compete, just get a big group of people to compete at a meet again.
0: Oh that yeah, down really in Florida.
1: hmm That was really fun. I mean, how many? How many are we actually gonna have at finals? Maybe five.
0: Uh, hopefully more. We'll just keep uh, trying to convince people. And then, because it's, it's in Wilmington
1: right? It's right there. Yeah.
0: So like, ah, oh, we could get a big
1: group to just yeah, that'd be nice. And you know somehow I'm always tagging along at least four or more. Like I'm, I'm always because I guess I'm always gone now. So I'm always with another working out at another place with another barbell club. So
0: most of the time I yeah. like those people too. The more the merrier. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't exclude other teams at House of Weightlifting. At our Airbnb. We didn't. We really I don't know. think we had anywhere else. Well, we lit, we lit Soren, and Soren's not on the team. He's unaffiliated, and he was, he stayed at ours. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: he, he's on the team, but not on the team, but he's, he's one of us. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, that was Nationals in Colorado. Uh, and that's the whole, we talked about, uh, Masters weightlifting and all the stuff going on there, the rule changes. Uh, Hopefully they'll start taking the, uh, press out rule out. So there's some interesting things. Uh, Bob Tecano posted something on Facebook and he was talking about how hard it was to judge the, um, press that they, they used to be the snatch, the clean and press and the clean and jerk. And they took out the clean and press in 1972. And that was the last major rule change that they've made in weightlifting was 1972 and that really changed the whole sport of weightlifting just, it went from a muscular build down to a, uh, a, a more of a gymnastics build. Um, but Bob was saying something about, uh, how hard it was to judge. And if you put the press out, if you take the press out rule out, it's, he thinks it's going to be just as hard to judge as the press, um, which I don't believe, I, I don't agree with him. Uh-uh. I think you take the press out rule, I think judging is going to be easier. It'll be like a CrossFit comp. Did they get it overhead? Cool. Yeah, it'd be easier. Yeah. yeah. And that's the idea is that they're trying to make it easier. So his argument was that it's going to make it harder because the press was harder to judge. And that's why they took it out. But I think it's the well, opposite. Right. They had to split, the, they had to have the difference between the
1: press and the jerk. Uh, yeah. No, that was completely different because there's nothing yeah. that they're, that is that close that they're comparing it to. I think it would be much easier. I don't like that they want to take it out, but
0: uh,
1: yeah, uh, they've been saying this for years. Um, uh, Weightlifting House did a nice little video. It was a while ago. It was months ago talking about how things changed after that and how you'll hear people say things like you should snatch around 80% of your clean and jerk. Well, they said that number came from years ago which is when the lifters and the coaches back then were still closer to that clean and press time. So that in actuality, that number is now, the farther away we get from that, it's getting up to like 84%. That even the the lifters who we view as clean and jerk specialists nowadays are above that 80%. And we just didn't realize how much the training has changed since then. Because like you said, it's a different type of athlete. Supers Mm -hmm. back then couldn't snatch to save their life. I mean, we had guys... In the 80s, clean and jerking, 267. But none of them were snatching 220. None of them were like that. They weren't doing it. So now we just have a different type of athlete. The training has changed. The percentage of your work in the week is now shifted compared to what it was before. So now it's a higher percentage because the athletes are different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting point about uh, how the coaches changed too and how all the coaches were people from 1970. and before where their training is greatly influenced by the clean and press. Um, I think, uh, G- Zygmunt and Glenn talked about that a lot. Uh, you know what me Zygmunt and Glenn did a podcast together once and, uh, uh the audio got completely messed up because it was Glenn and Zygmunt. Um, <laughs> 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 that's, that's, yeah. So the, it never got published, but, uh, I got to sit there and listen while they were having the conversation and kind of inputted a few things here and there. Um, and, uh, that was a pretty interesting conversation, uh, hearing about Zygmunt and kind of his history of, of coaching. Cause he started in gymnastics and then transitioned over into weightlifting and he was at the 1972 Olympics and he had friends that were part of that whole uh um terrorist attack and he competed as a lightweight guy
1: wasn't he yeah wasn't he like a 56
0: yeah he got a gold medal and then someone on his team was a super and didn't get to compete uh because the uh the uh, terrorist attack happened after yeah so after that was uh, it was kind of interesting Um, but his coaching was definitely influenced by the clean and press. Right. Um, which I mean, that's,
1: it's a, it's an obvious thing. Like you'll see people's, you'll look at coaches and you'll see their influence, but that's such an obvious one that we just don't even think about when people throw out that Oh, you snatch 80% of your clean and jerk. Well, that came from guys that could press a lot. So they had high clean and jerks and they were working on pressing. But now we do way more snatch work. Well, most teams do way more snatch work than <laughs> than they do pressing. So it just makes sense. There's a team that you can probably find that can only snatch 50%. But other than that, like the training in what you do has just changed since the 60s and 70s.
0: Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if they take that press out rule out and to see how the sport will change. I don't think it will be as drastic as the clean and press change, Um, but I do think it will be more viewer friendly. Well, nobody's going to intentionally try to press.
1: Like It's just like the, the most efficient way is to catch the bar locked out. So that's always going to be the goal in training. That's always going to be what people are doing. I'm sure they'll add in some extra pressing work, but that's never the goal. You'll just get more white lights than before but nobody's going to think, let me just bend my elbow a little bit and then press it to let them know I could. Like that's.
0: Well, that was the other thing that they were talking about with the rule changes is that, uh, if you're like having a session, you're supposed to have 11 judges. So three judges with, you know, your three white lights. Um, then you've got a marshal and then a secondary marshal. So there you're at five. Then you got your, um, uh, Uh, what's the guy that checks to make sure your belt's right? The TC. TC, yep. Um, Technical controller. So there you're at six. And then if you have a jury, that's a jury of five. So so you're sitting at 11 judges per session. And I guess their argument was like other sports, there's one judge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And weightlifting, we need 11. But, you know, it's 11 judges and it's 15 athletes. Other sports, fencing. It's one judge, two athletes. I don't know how long it takes with fencing. I don't know that sport at all. So, who knows? So I don't know. It that's uh, another problem that uh, USA is going to have too if they scare off all the masters athletes who are the uh, technical officials as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go to nationals and stuff um you guys should always uh take note of some of the the technical officials over there cuz uh, you could see some cool guys there um you'll see some like uh uh Jim Smiths was saying that uh this was his first nationals that he missed in Colorado Springs because of the 4th of July um uh, and travel on the 4th of July weekend, and he couldn't get there. And it was like the first one in like 30 years that he's missed. Oh, cool. other than like the one, the COVID one that they canceled, uh, which that one doesn't count because they canceled it. Um, but uh, yeah, you see him out there, which uh, he's kind of a famous guy. And then you see like Fred Lowe walking around. Mm-hmm. I always point him out because I'm like, all oh, right, you see that guy? Yeah, I mean, you would never that know. That guy cleaning jerks more than you. Like, yep. And he weighed 20 kilos less. Like, I don't know. He yeah. was, uh, he clean and jerked one eighty five Wayne 75. Um, and before CJ Cummings came around, he was the lightest person to clean and jerk, uh, 400. Um, and then CJ did it at 69. 60, I think. Yeah. Um, and well, CJ did it when he was like a youth too. So that's a little <laughs> bit, you know, there was a lot of things. Yeah. He took a lot of things and took a lot of people out. Yeah yeah he uh he he did good it was it was fun watching him um it's still fun watching c j um after uh the Cuba meet he had a interview with inside the games um this is talking about some depression post olympics some disappointment and stuff so he was kind of having a hard time but then he's working through it kind of coming back uh competing so it's uh that's always cool to see somebody, uh, have some adversity and overcome. Uh, so that's what CJ is working with right now. Mm Um, so I'm excited to watch him still. Yep. Now he's in uh, that, that
1: 89 class is just a rough class to be in right now because everybody, it's such a, it's one of those good weights where you're heavy enough to move some crazy weight and they're light enough to where it's still, uh, a weight that a lot of, individuals happen to be like that's right where the curve is at
0: yeah that's like the right 85s back in the day the 85s were ridiculous yep you're still small but you're sneaking up and training with the heavyweights mm-hmm. yeah that's the difference that's the that's the changing point right there uh yeah it's a fun weight class um What other, yeah,
1: the 90s, when you were talking about the weight classes before with like Alyssa being a 71 versus 76, when you go to Worlds, that was the drastic change with the 89s because nobody was in the 89s because it wasn't an Olympic class when they brought it in. So every single meet that happened, like, oh, we're going to see a world record now because they were just untouched. The best athletes just weren't there. They either went to 96 or 81 and now you're pulling them all together in the 89s. And now we're seeing matchups that we would have never seen, like uh, who is an eighty-one? You have, well, we did see Rastami and Tao before, but now it's like Carlos versus Tao, Carlos and versus Tao. Like we wouldn't have seen
0: that. Yeah, man, I uh, I am a Rastami fan. I like him.
1: Hey, there's not a Jared, whole lot of the my
0: that I like. <laughs> I I just don't. I don't dislike him, but I don't really like, I could care less to whether I watch him or not. Mm-hmm. But I like watching Rastami lift. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fun to watch.
1: I wore that Iranian shirt on Saturday because I knew we had a heavy snatch. And one of the kids at the gym asked me about the shirt. I'm like, well, there's this guy who is my favorite international weightlifter. And Joe in uh, West Virginia, whenever I would wear the Iranian shirt, he's like, uh-oh. That means you're diving under something you have no business getting under, right? And that's exactly what that means. We're getting under something heavy today. If you're wearing an Iranian shirt, whether it makes sense or not, he's going to get under it.
0: Yep. Yeah. You got to admire that commitment. Uh, yeah, I, I liked watching him. There's a few athletes that I like watching. Uh, I always liked watching Tatiana. I like watching, uh, Rastami. Um, I like watching uh, – you know, I watched – I don't know if it was replays, but I watched Shane Hammond at the 96 Olympics when I was a kid. Yeah, I was seven. I would have been seven then. Um,
1: The earliest lift – and like I – it's funny because now he's a – he wasn't a thing back then, but now he is. Um, I remember watching – of course, I'm forgetting his name now. uh, Won the Olympics because the top two guys pulled out. In London. Um, Tarakti. Yes. I remember watching him lift at that Olympics. And I didn't even know what Snatch and Clean and Jerk was. I mean, I wasn't that young. I was, how was I? That was like, yeah, it was like a year before I started, two years before I started. And I, I knew what it was, but I had never done. I was like, oh, that looks cool. Hmm. And then just went on. But I remember it was him and he was Clean and jerking. I remember watching that because it was going on in my parents' room.
0: You know what? uh, We got a new girl on the team who uh, she went to a Turokty seminar and uh, he uh, convinced her that he that she needed to find a weightlifting coach and pursue weightlifting. And then that's when she reached out to me. So that's kind of cool. Tarakti was just in uh, West Virginia.
1: Because, yeah, he went up there uh, literally like I think it was the weekend after
0: I left. Yeah, so she must have went to the one before because she started reaching out to me before Nationals. Um, And I think Tarakti did his seminar on the same weekend as Nationals or something in West Virginia. Uh, Yeah, so...
1: That makes sense. That was a good weekend for him to do it at West Virginia because they sure weren't going to be doing anything that weekend.
0: There's another... uh, There's a couple other weightlifters I like, but I can't think of them anymore. Um, So I think we, uh, we had our list of things to talk about and uh, we've got our check marks on that. Um, So we're, uh, we're doing pretty good for uh, getting back into the podcast. Uh, We'll see if we can be a little bit more consistent. Uh, Yeah, we just got out of, we, for the whole first year, we were doing it like every I don't know what night we were Sunday, doing. it. But I think no Thursday Sunday or night. something. What? Yeah, the
1: fact that we don't remember shows it's been a
0: minute. Yeah. So now it's a uh, now it's a Thursday night, and we're getting it done. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can keep it uh, keep it together. Tyree was the uh, motivating factor behind this one. So if you really want to listen to another one start sending Tyree messages and bother him and be like, hey, Tyree, go bother James and tell him to start doing a podcast. <laughs> Guys,
1: if you're listening to this, please send me topics. If you send topics, we will do it. I've had one person message me a topic before and she wanted to know about James's beard. And she, Do you remember that question? That's the one question I've gotten before. So
0: yeah, yeah. send, send oh, questions. Yeah, some questions. Some beard care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm almost at a year now. I think I got two more months. I've been growing it without cutting it all for a year, for Jeez, almost a year.
1: Do you see this? This is probably six months' worth of growth, James. This is it. I, I This is all I got. Hey. Ah, embrace what you got. I can't even stand next to you and Harley when we take these pictures at finals. I'm going to go sit next to Trunk. We're just going to look at you guys.
0: Oh, by the time finals comes around, I'm going to have to go find like a, a beard guy and do something. Uh, <laughs> wow. Because right wild. now it's just like uh, – it's like mountain man beard. It's if I comb it straight out, that thing's going out six inches. So you gotta do it. You gotta do it. Um, Just get it out here. Yeah. Uh I'm living through you, James. I'm living through you. It's uh it's nice not shaving. That's the biggest positive. It's to the point now where uh, eating is bothersome. Uh so it's it's getting annoying one of these days i'll uh no i'm gonna get to a year and then uh then i'll i'll shape it up and chop it down a little bit
1: Hmm. things i would never think of the hassles of eating with facial hair
0: well it's the eating part's easy it's the the cleanup after (laughs) not keeping Uh, it all there (laughs) yep all right. Yeah. So uh send Tyrese some, uh, some topics and uh, subscribe to the podcast and uh, maybe you'll be notified in a month when we do the next one, maybe earlier. I don't know. You'll have to see. All right, guys, girls. Thanks for listening.